0: Come, Holy Spirit.
1: Is, is it up? Uh,
0: can you hear me now? Can, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Hey, we need that Verizon team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Let's pray. We need to get back. <clears throat> Alright, sounds like I'm a little loud. Now we're going to turn it down. Father, we thank You that Your love flows, Your love and grace flow like mighty rivers incessant it never stops lord that your peace and your justice kissed uh guilty world in love and so out of that love we were transformed by your your into that peace into the perfect justice lord we thank you wow for your sacrifice jesus on the cross it set us free lord we ask that your mercy would come the holy spirit would just yield to you and just pray your anointing would just be on this message and the scripture that our hearts and minds would be transformed in Jesus' name amen all right if you have your bibles turn to romans chapter 12 verse 1 oh the bible says in romans chapter 12 verse 1 i beseech you therefore Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. You know, sacrifice is something that's not spoken of much in our culture. It's not uh, practiced. Um, In fact, sacrifices and and literal sacrifices are thought to be uh, uh, almost taboo. Um, Nothing could be more central, though, to the message of Scripture in the Bible than the idea of sacrifice, okay? Uh, in our culture, it's overlooked, it's misunderstood, and it's minimized. But throughout Scripture, really the central point of the whole story is sacrifice, okay? Everybody say, sacrifice. So we're talking about sacrifice this morning. We're going to look at it at a couple of different angles. But the idea that I want to communicate this morning is the importance and the centrality, the the central place that sacrifice has in the kingdom of God. For thousands of years under the Old Covenant, what we call the Old Testament, that's the first part of the Bible. <laughs> right. The part you don't understand. <clears throat> no, it's really not that hard to understand once you get the, uh, get the idea. For thousands of years, sacrifices were offered every day. In fact, continually. In the temple, in the old covenant, the Mosaic Covenant, uh, well, the worship that was practiced in Jerusalem, and before that was practiced in the tabernacle as they wandered through the wilderness, would start out every morning with uh, sacrifices. They'd have sacrifices all day long. And they'd finish with sacrifices. Every day, sacrifices were being offered up. Wherever you were in, uh, uh, in and around the temple, if you're in Jerusalem, you could see the smoke of the sacrifice going up. <clears throat> and every... A uh, member of God's people under the Old co- Covenant would regularly, regularly, uh, at specific times, have to go and offer specific sacrifices and also general sacrifices. In other words, there were just general sacrifices that you had to offer up from time to time, and then there were very specific sacrifices. Like if you did such and such, you had to sacrifice a turtle dove or a whatever it was. <laughs> It's all in Leviticus. I get it all recorded. All right? It's like there were specific things that you had to sacrifice. You did a particular kind of sin, you had to go offer a particular kind of sacrifice. All right? And so, not only were there general offerings going continually, but each and every person had to regularly sacrifice something. That was how the people of God communicated worth or worship to... Yahweh to the Lord that we worship to Jesus, okay? Because they're one. We understand this, all right? Uh, sometimes preachers and Christians, we uh, you know, we forget uh, that it was Jesus that was receiving the, that worship, as well as the Father and the Holy Spirit. Yahweh is not the name of the Father. Yahweh is the name of the Trinity. That's good. All right. Uh, the name of the Father, we don't know. <laughs> it's just the Father. And the Holy Spirit is the title also. And the Son is the title. We happen to know the specific name, Jesus, of the Son. But there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's all one God, right? <clears throat> and so all of that worship was to the Father, uh, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. And it was uh, acceptable to God. And that's how they communicated but in the New Testament, uh, well, first of all, all of those uh, ancient sacrifices, I mean, they literally took animals, slaughtered them, and burned them on a grill. Okay? And some they put in a pot and boiled. Okay? They, they literally killed animals and burned them. We got, I know it's kind of crude. It seems like. I mean, if we did that today, it would probably be in the paper, right? What would we be called? Yeah, we're we call yeah people would protest. <clears throat> so, we have some woodchucks out in back. I'm thinking about sacrificing
2: them.
0: <clears throat> do you think it? Maybe it was kind of poignant. How about you take your kids to church? and they cut open an animal, a nice little lamb. Oh, Daddy,
2: what are they doing?
0: They're worshiping God. Ah. (laughs) Now it's your turn to worship. Ah! All of those sacrifices looked forward to the sacrifice of God's Son, Jesus Christ. Every one of those sacrifices was meaningless except that it pointed to the fulfillment of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. Okay? That's what every one of the sacrifices for thousands of years looked to. And they understood this. If they studied the Scripture, that this looked forward to the coming of the Messiah. And they were worshiping what was to come And then under the New Covenant, we no longer, because Jesus fulfilled, His sacrifice was so complete that it it completely satisfied the justice, the need of justice in the kingdom. And so we no longer, thankfully, offer up dead animals to God. Alright? Which looked forward to the death of Christ the Savior. Rather now... According to this scripture, we offer up our lives. Listen, we offer up living sacrifices. Okay? We're now, because now we celebrate the life of Jesus who has been resurrected from the dead. Alright? This is a new and better covenant. The old covenant was a covenant of death. Alright? I look forward to the death, but now we celebrate life. So the idea is there's still a sacrifice, but we don't sacrifice, we don't give death, we don't give dead animals, we give our life. All right? And I don't know if this will help at all, but there's a pretty famous preacher, his name is Erwin McManus, preaches in a big giant church in L.A. And uh, I follow him on Twitter because <coughs> I'm cool. <laughs> and just, just the other day, just uh, on, on the 10th, he wrote, he said, realized, if you don't know what it is, it's like, it's like instant message. You just post these things and anybody can read them. And they have to be 140 characters, so just like one sentence. He said, realize what keeps me going is the celebration of life. So easy to get pulled under by all the problems. But this is a statement that jumped out. Only the living can bring life. Shuba. <laughs> Only the living can bring life. Only the living can bring life. Amen. Only the living can bring life. I was like, mm, that's right on. <laughs> oh. So, Christ's sacrifice does not mean that followers of God no longer need to sacrifice. Rather, it means we sacrifice our lives. Not something dead, but something living. We are the sacrifice. Alright? My boys play Little League and sometimes when they're up at the bat, they like team players go, Be the ball! Right? Be the ball! Have you ever heard that? Somebody yelled at and another kid was, Be the ball. <laughs> he didn't get it. Be the sacrifice. Be the sacrifice. Alright? And we're going to play an audio clip from an interview with someone whose name is Elizabeth Elliot. Jim Elliot, ever hear of him? Famous missionary to some place down south. Um, <coughs> Ecuador. Back in the 50s. Uh, and he uh went into an unreached people group, and they killed him for preaching the gospel and then there There was a movie recently about it. Elizabeth was his wife; they'd only been married just over two years when he was di- when he was killed martyred for the gospel and uh, <clears throat> and so uh, just to give you a little background, she lived many years as a single mom and uh subsequently remarried. Her second husband passed away and then she remarried again. I don't know if it comes out in this clip. And and in this interview, she's actually talking with Dr. Dobson about sexual purity. Okay? And the need, as young, as anyone, as Christians, to live in sexual purity. And I don't want you, uh,
2: that's important.
0: And so she's speaking on sexual purity, but what I want you to think about and listen to is how she connects it to the idea of sacrifice. So in, in, this, in this interview, she talks about uh, sacrifice in the con- or sexual purity in the context of sacrifice, or sacrifice in the context of we have to sacrifice, you know, our sexual desires to be obedient to the Lord, But key into the idea of, of the sacrifice. Could you go ahead and play that?
2: And they don't have any guidelines, and the- All right, you can mute that.
0: Her words when she said that this generation is longing for sacrifice and longing for a clear call to something that's true and something that's worthy. And so we say that in the context of sexual purity, but also in the context of all truth. All right? And Christ came to be that call to call people into a life of sacrifice for truth, all right. To live a life that's different, and that's exactly—I I just resonate so much with those words, and and also, I mean, she challenged the church, so I'm like, come on, we're gonna—I'm gonna—I'm gonna preach that in church, all right? Because we need to hear that. You know, certainly in the area of sexual purity, but in every area of purity. We are called to live sacrificially. And that's the challenge. That That's what makes life worth living. Alright? That makes your life, that moves you from mediocrity into excellence when you choose to live according to a higher calling. Alright? Alright? And and, and and that's the call, and in fact when Paul writes in Romans, I beseech you, he's actually saying, I call you, I invite you, I invoke, I implore, I exhort, or I summon you, therefore. I summon, you have been you have been summoned by God to live a sacrificial life, to live a calling that's above or beyond what would be the norm in our culture. And that's true for every person on planet earth. The gospel is that call. All right, Jesus on the cross is that beacon that says, Come, follow me. By the mercies of God. By the mercies of God, Paul writes. <clears throat> and so it's, its motivation is not out of fear or threat. Okay? We are called, we are summoned to live differently not out of fear. Not out of intimidation. You better live right or else. No. But by the mercies... One uh, person writes, commentator on this, on the word that's used, it says, As a tender father uh, shows his resistant children, who, on their repentance, is easily persuaded to forgive their offenses. So, so, like a father who's tender toward a child who's disobedient, but when that child repents or changes, then, then the father just lavishes affection. It says because the word "mercies" comes from compassion and it means to yield, to give. Because he has compassionate feelings, God is easily prevailed on to do a kindness or to remit an injury. All right, and so out of out of God's mercies, even though we have been disobedient, we're called into a life of obedience. All right, we're called into that life of sacrifice. And in doing so we're motivated by God's mercy, his love, his tender affections and we're called to present our bodies. says bodies <clears throat> this is a metaphor taken uh, from bringing sacrifices to the altar of God. and again, in their culture everyone knew what that looked like. Everyone had seen you know or had actually done, gone to the pen and picked out a lamb. The best. Which one's the best? Without spot or blemish. Which one is healthy and fat? Which is the, I want the best. The person didn't go to their herd of sheep and go, eh, which one can I do without? Alright, if that was in their heart, that wasn't sacrifice. That was an offense. All right, they go on because this is my gift to God. What's the best one? Where's the best one? And that's the best one. And he grabbed the animal. And the poor little sheep didn't know what was going on. He didn't say, "Now, little sheep, would you like to be a sacrifice today? Is it okay? You want to commit your life to the Lord?" All you have to do, say these three. Th- so it's a metaphor of bringing the sacrifice to the offer of God. The person picking out the choices of his flock brought it to the offer, presented it there as an atonement for his sins. Um, <clears throat> this is in the Scripture in Romans, we're exhorted to give ourselves in the spirit of sacrifice to be holy, the Lord's property as the whole burnt offering was No part being devoted to any other use. And so, Elizabeth Elliott's words about, you know, hey, when you're a Christian, you are not your own. You have another master. Okay? Wow. But that's true. It's really bad if it's motivated out of fear or condemnation. All right? But when it's motivated out of the mercies of God, when we realize that when we do this out of love, that releases God's tender affection. And thankfully, we, off, we are called to offer living sacrifices. Alright? <clears throat> Our lives to be a sacrifice. In opposition to the dead sacrifices, which was part of the old covenant, Nevertheless, we give our life as that sacrifice. And we're called to do it in a way that's holy and unblemished. In other words, you want your life to be different, set apart, holy, because your life is is your sacrifice unto God. This is your chance. This... Your life is your gift to God. Period. Alright? How's your sacrifice? Oh, but you don't know what I've been to. God does. And by His mercy, through your willingness to give it, it becomes holy and acceptable. When you do it because of His mercies. Are you hearing me? Okay. <clears throat> it's well pleasing wholly acceptable a living sacrifice acceptable to God it's well pleasing to God <clears throat> all of these phrases are are sacrificial they show that there must be a complete surrender of the person the body The whole man or woman, the mind and flesh to be given to God. He or she is to consider himself or herself no more their own, but but the entire property of his or her maker. Okay? You are no longer your own. Now, to some people, and, and if you, and even I, you know, there's a little bit of me that goes, well, wait a minute here. All right? that that little bit that says that that's called flesh all right that resistance you're not your own you know you belong to someone else but that is completely comforting when you realize that you belong to god who's full of mercy who has everything he's the creator he's our protection we can trust in him So you can give yourself wholly to Him without fear. Because all He wants to do is give you blessing. And to bless your life beyond anything that you can possibly imagine. And it's reasonable. Scripture says it's your reasonable service. Alright? Nothing can be more consistent with reason than that the work of God should glorify its author. Okay? This is really reasonable. And in fact, it's really... it's. Illogical to not live your life as a sacrifice. Okay, he writes, "He alone, he alone lives the life of a fool." I'm quoting from a commentator. He alone lives the life of a fool and a madman who lives the life of a sinner against God. For in sinning against His Maker, he wrongs his own soul, loves death, and rewards evil unto himself. You know, it just doesn't make any sense to choose wrong over right, to choose sin over salvation, all right, to choose self over your Savior. It doesn't make any sense. But we make that choice day to day, all right, when we choose to do right or do wrong. That's when it's worked out, okay? I'm gonna <coughs> let me read this scripture from the message. It says, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. It's really simple. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well formed maturity in you. Alright, that's what the scripture means. I'm going to show a video clip and just a quick, get it ready, guys, uh, introduction. Um, it's from Japan. And this video clip is really powerful because I know these people, all right? And it's the church in Japan, and and in Japan, just a cultural understanding, they have these things called uh, butsudan, but, uh, but but butsudan, something like that. <coughs> butsudan, but I don't know how to say it. <coughs> it's a box, all right? And in this box, they keep all of their. It's it's a it's like a little temple. They worship Buddha, and it literally means Buddha's house. Buddha. Uh, don 's house and, and so they they have this box and this particular man 's but uh, was valued at like ten or fifteen thousand dollars all right just the box and then inside of it they keep idols and holy writings and then things that represent their ancestors all right. And it's common, and so this is a revered thing that's handed down from generation to generation. It's their link to their family as well as their link to the God they worship. And this man, he was a, a 30s or, in his 30s or 40s, Japanese man, became a Christian and realized that that was an idol and that he had to, he had to offer it up to God. And this is a video of him doing it. drink offering do not do this at home That's Pastor Dennis picking up the pieces and throwing it in. And these bags are the idols and the... Other paraphernalia that was in the so he's burning the idols
2: him. Wow.
0: Yeah, give him a hand. Praise God. Alright, you can turn it off. So, here's something that sat in that family's home for years, if not generations. They had invested... Thousands, tens of thousands of dollars into this. It's clearly identified as an idol. And God called this man, and and I know that I've talked to ministers in Japan that they don't. Someone who becomes a Christian, they don't tell tell them that they have to burn their idols. They wait for God to do it because it's so delicate. But God told them to do this, and so Dennis was like, "Okay, if you want to do it," and they did it out in the in the open, and then they worship. There's another video where they're singing worship songs. Right, this is my question. All right. If God called the person in Japan who has a clearly identifiable idol to burn it and offer it up to God, uh, out of devotion, and to rid himself of those things from the past and demonstrate publicly his devotion to God, is uh, is a Japanese Christian required more than an American Christian? Okay. They have idols that are very clearly identified as idols. We have idols too, though. But our idols are maybe a little harder to recognize. My call to you is, what does your idol look like? And I beseech you, I beseech you by the mercies of God to present yourself a living sacrifice. Give that up to God. Let God's fire come down and consume it. Alright? So that you can experience His tender mercies and be set free. And it's, that's, that's worship. That's your reasonable worship. That's, that's what'll free you into your fullness of life. Amen. Sarah's got some announcements.
1: That was really good. Thank you. feel a little challenged. <laughs> All right, we'd like to welcome any guests that are here with us today. We want to thank you for coming. If you could fill out, yeah, give a hand to the guests. Uh, if you could fill out this connection card, which was attached to your bulletin, you can take it to the connection counter in the back. We have a gift for you that we'd like to give you to thank you. And then also I just want to say, whew, we have uh, some very special guests here. We have the Borsma family and the Frontaway family here. For families that have moved away. So exciting. Uh, they have moved away in the last, what, six months? And four and then six for you guys, right? I don't remember. Anyway, um, they've been gone a while, and so they're back uh, this Sunday, and then i will also be at the camp um, the camping trip next weekend, and so we're very excited to have you guys. Please take a moment to say hello to them. Um, tonight we have a special meeting here. There's been two others. This is the third. Um, Nick Yaros is teaching tonight here at the church at 630. Um, he's been at the Bethel School Ministry in um in uh, right in California, and he's learned a lot about um, a lot of things uh, concerning the Holy Spirit and supernatural, you know, praying for miracles and seeing them happen, and he's going to be teaching tonight on that. There will be child care provided. It's been really good the last two weeks. I encourage you to come. Also, the Relationship Enrichment uh, Life Group, they uh, have been starting up a brand new series. They started this last Wednesday. It's called Love and Respect. I've heard amazing things about it. The Yoders, are you there? And the O'Keeffe's, they're the leaders, and it's just been incredible. Apparently, if you're interested in getting any kind of encouragement in your relationship with a significant other, this is the place to go. It's excellent teaching. It's, um, it's really, it hits the, the crucial points, and I've heard amazing things about it. So if you want to join up, go ahead. It's the second and fourth Wednesday of the month. Also, next Sunday is the New Day camping trip, and we are going to be having our church service, not here, but at the um, campground at Van Beren State Park. It's $6 for parking to get in, but we want to encourage people who aren't camping to come that Sunday and just drive out there and join us. We're going to have a picnic immediately following. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, And if you aren't able to come, we just encourage you to attend a a church in the area that Sunday. Uh, There's loads to choose from that are really good. And then also, um, Jill and Graham McKay are teaching a hearing the voice of Cla- hearing the voice of God class in Vandalia, which is kind of west of Three Rivers. And there's a community down there that are hungry for hearing the voice of God and for the things that we teach at our church. And we're going down there every Monday in July and the first uh, Monday in August to teach on hearing the voice of God and then also on that First, um, Monday in August, we're going to have the prophetic team go down in there and minister. And we'd love to see people from Kemzu go down there and just to even meet the people that are down there that um, have come up to our church so much. It's going to be really good. How was last Monday, guys? The first one, really good. I've heard it was amazing. And then also the nursery um, ages are changing for the infant and the toddler nursery. Please check the bulletin for the details on that. But we just wanted to let you guys know that's happening July 26th. That shift is taking place. All right, let's get ready to take the offering. ushers can please come forward. All right, if you'll join with me in prayer. Father, we thank you so much, and we bless you. We love you, and we give our lives to you, holy God. And uh, I just thank you for how you sweep down and comfort and encourage us and uh, how when we give our whole lives to you, there's true freedom. There's true freedom in you, and we trust you with all of our hearts. And I just pray for um, just even the sacrifice of our offering that we're giving monetarily. I pray, Father, that our offering would go up to you, that it would be worthy and pleasing to you as we give of our, our finances. And we, we say that we trust you when we do that. And thank you for how much you bless us in return. We just thank you, God. Amen. All right, go ahead and pass the baskets. And uh, we have a testimony from Bill Pagem. Do you want to come on up, Bill? Um, he is one of the prayer team leaders, and he's got some great um, stories about what's happening on the prayer team.
2: Um, it's unusual for me to be up here, so bear with me. Um, about three weeks ago, um, Kathy Taffel came up and uh, asked me to pray for her shoulder. She was experiencing some pain. So, invite the Holy Spirit, and it went away, it's gone. And then, and immediately afterwards, she drugged this little boy up, and she, she said, "Go ahead and pray for his knee." He said, "Okay, I'll pray for his knee, invite the Holy Spirit, and boom, the pain went away." And I asked him later. I asked her later. I said, "How's how was he doing?" And she says, "Well, he's climbing trees." And I said, well, "That's cool." Uh, well, anyway, the following week, I was in a prayer team again, and at two o'clock in the morning, I was experiencing horrible leg cramps, and I said, "This is horrible." So I said, "I, I said, in the name of Jesus, stop!" Boom, went away. <laughs> the same day, I prayed for her, Kathy Taffel's friend. He had a pain in his shoulder since Christmas, and so I invited the Holy Spirit, prayed for him. Boom, gone. <laughs> so God works, and I, and now I've. And now I've got something for Pastor Cameron. <clears throat> he went out east and he saw that plaque in the wall in Baltimore, right? So I was going through my grandfather's stuff, great grandfather's stuff. He was a circuit preacher for Free Methodist Church, and I'm going to read, briefly read this. It's, uh, it's dated uh, October 23rd, 1908. Anyway, uh, he goes. Sh- this an article explains about this twenty fifth anniversary that he was um you know, officiating over. He married this couple. And it says an added surprise to the pleasure of having Mr and Mrs. F. J. Feather and son of Alleghen President, Rev Feather, was a pastor who performed the wedding service of mister and Mrs. Bigsby. But here's the cool part. Down at the bottom, it says, um in the list of guests it says apparently it's mister and Mrs. Fred Wright was there? Fred Wright was <laughs> And their son, Lewis Wright. So, I'm going to give that to you.
0: I'll give it to Fred next time.
1: Thanks, Bill. Um, I just wanted to say that every Sunday we have the prayer team over here available for people to receive prayer. If you have anything, whether it's something going on in your life or a sickness or ailment, anything, you can go over and people will pray for you. And it's amazing. Amen. Thank you.
0: And almost done here, folks. I do just a couple of quick things. We want to pray for Pam Birch. Pam uh, had surgery, uh, emergency surgery. uh, uh, Was it yesterday? I found out just late last night. And so she is in uh, the hospital. And uh, it's pretty... Uh, serious, So we just want to pray for her right now. Would you join with me? Father, we believe you. Prayer does work. We've seen healings. And, and so we come to you in the confidence of the blood of Jesus Christ. And we hold up our sister Pam, and we command her body to be healed by the power of the blood of Jesus. Uh, in Jesus' name, Pam, be healed. Uh, let the, We command there be no infections, and we pray that she be healed, and, and, and it's just that your strength would strengthen her body in Jesus' name, Father, and encourage Jerry and the kids, Father, and the whole family, Lord, let your peace fill that room in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen! Amen. Alright, well, we also, I also want to just share that um, next week, of course, we're going to be in the campground, and then the following week, my family and I will be on vacation, and Graham uh, is going to be ministering. Yay, Graham! So, and he's actually going to do a two-parter. So he's going to minister for two weeks. He'll minister the first Sunday in, in August. And Kathy, uh, is going to be having some surgery. And so, uh, the first, in the first week of August. And so I'm actually going to take a couple of weeks off from preaching, although I will be here and, and available. And so we have some guest ministry lined up. Um, the Morgan donors, Dennis and Melanie, are a tremendous couple. They minister healing and hope. She's uh, she's had incurable cancer for 12 years, um, and she's still going. It's just kind of amazing, and to hear her speak about having hope and confidence in God through this battle is is inspiring. It's nothing less than inspiring. Okay, and so there it worked out, and they're scheduled to be here August 9th, and we're going to have a Sunday night, Monday night, and and uh, we're still working on possibly a Tuesday night meeting. Uh, on that week, and then my my personal hero, Walt Berger, <laughs> glory to God, <laughs> <clears throat> will we'll be here uh, I, and, on uh, August 16th, <clears throat> and then Stephanie uh, uh, Jones will be here after the women's retreat on August 30th, so August, July and August, the rest of the summer is going to look kind of different, uh, but I encourage you to come. And and enjoy and really partake in all of the things that we have uh, to offer. All right? And then September we'll get back. Uh, Next week, I do want to, one other thing, when you come to the campground service next Sunday uh, at 11 o'clock, I'd like you to come prepared if you have something specific that you're thankful for, something that God's done recently that really just, you're really thankful. And we're going to have like eight or ten people maybe share. So if you have something specific, let me know before the service on Sunday, like at the campground or in between. But prayerfully think and, and come with something juicy and something that you can share that, that you're really thankful for. All right? Sound good? Guess what?
2: It's the year of giving! Yeah!
0: every Sunday we give away a gift because Jesus, uh, God gave the best gift of all, His Son, and and so this. I didn't look. Did we? Is Carrie Hayes here? She's working today. Uh oh. We
2: can fix it.
0: All right. We need we. Music, music, music. What are we going to do? What are we going to (laughs) do? Do you have the card? Do you have the gift? You have to be here. Is she here?
1: Yes, Jenny McVeigh.
0: Jenny McVeigh.
1: Yay!
0: (laughs) You get the gift of a gift card. All right, well, bless you. Yeah, all right, give her a hand. All right, stand up. Prayer team on the right, if you need healing or any prayer at all. Prophetic ministry on on my left over here, (coughs) if you uh, wish to receive prophetic word. Kids are waiting, if you have kids and children in ministry. God bless you, you are dismissed.